Hey y'all, it's Pastor Emil here from our podcast studio at Open Arms, and I've got a special guest today, Pastor Brother Greg Trumbach. He is the uh, uh, the pastor at Christian Fellowship Church for the, for the nations. Christian it's Fellowship for the nations. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and you're also the pastor of Ohana here, or you're just kind of the director or the technically ohana outreach is another church okay but it technically meets on saturday night and christian fellowship is more the traditional sunday morning wednesday night okay and and ohana is primarily focused at our youth right youth in the community yes well uh have a lot of 10 to 16 year olds in times past, we've had 100, 200 show up on a Saturday night. Um, sometimes we'd be open on Friday. And we have volunteers from different churches, not just Christian Fellowship. And uh, they're usually young adults, middle-aged adults. On occasion, a elderly person might come. <laughs> it's a lot of, it's high energy. Yeah, you so. know, young at heart, right? And uh, hanging mm-hmm. out with young people sometimes gives you that, right? Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <clears throat> Brother Greg here and I, we met on Facebook, which maybe sounds a little strange, but actually that's kind of the way the world is today, right? It's a digital world. He had a couple yeah. of interesting Facebook posts, and we have mutual friends. Uh, did, or, did I friend you or you friend me? I think I what remember. happened was I saw a post of yours. Mm-hmm. Maybe because you came up in my suggested friends feed because you're in the area and so we right. have similar friends, you know, uh, mutual friends. And I liked a couple of your posts and then I think you friended me and then I was like, all right, okay. great, this is good. Yeah. And then uh, I sent you a message and said, hey, let's go grab lunch. We grabbed lunch. Lunch was great. Mm-hmm. And uh, so here we are. We've got all kinds of things we probably could talk about, all kinds of things I hope we will talk about. I want to tease it a little bit, keep everybody in here to the end. What were those Facebook posts about? (laughs) And uh, maybe tease you into another episode where we talk in greater depth about that. But but for now, we're still getting to know each other a little bit. And uh, why don't you tell the folks that are in my circles who you are? And 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 we'll we'll start with that. What's your story uh, called? This sweet Jesus. And that was because I, I always felt like Jesus is so much sweeter than anything else this world has to offer. Jesus is mm-hmm. uh, really the answer to all of our problems. And ultimately, that answer is going to come when we see him again. Uh, but uh, until then, he's still the best answer we got. So what about your story? Tell me about your story. How did you wind up uh, a follower of Jesus, a Christian? And uh, what what did that look like, and 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 where you are today, and how you think about your faith? All right. Well, sweet Jesus, I like that name. Makes me think of the verse, "Come taste and see that the Lord is good." Psalm thirty four. Yeah. yeah. And I began tasting, I guess, as a little kid. I went to St. James Catholic Elementary School on Gentilly Boulevard. Uh, a lot of Metro New Orleans New Orleanians might know where that is. And later on in life, I would end up at the Baptist Seminary. But, but there's a lot in between. Nice. <laughs> uh, my, my grandparents were from Belize on my dad's side. And on my mother's side, my grandmother was from Poland. So most of them were Catholic. 
Uh, I tell people everybody's Catholic in New Orleans at least once. <laughs> uh, but my, my, my grandparents were very devout, and uh, they took me to, to Mass. And I felt like I learned a lot uh, about the fear of the Lord, I guess you could say. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I went to Catholic elementary school and even Brother Martin High School for 8th and ninth grade before I switched to uh, Ben Franklin High School. And uh, around 8th, uh, ninth grade, uh, uh, my grandparents began to die. And the faith wasn't really passed on to my parents and aunts and uncles, may maybe a couple of them, but they were very just kind of culturally, nominally Catholic, not really devout. Mm -hmm. And uh, prior to that time also, my parents had divorced, and my mother married a Sunni Muslim from Egypt. He was a professor wow. at UNO. And so he introduced me to Islam, and I was always kind of hungry for uh, the things of God, spirituality, religion. So I began to uh, study Islam. Uh, I, I read the entire Quran translated into English, and I began to consider myself like a nominal Muslim. Uh, I tried to learn how to do the prayers, wash behind the ears and ankles and things like that. And then I, got, I even got a little radical period as a teenager. I was uh, cheering for Muammar Gaddafi against uh, Ronald Reagan in the United States. Wow. So I was turning into a little uh, Johnny Taliban, if, if people are familiar with that story. Wow. Uh, after that phase, uh, I went to, well, well, this phase was continuing on, and I transferred from Brother Martin High School, Catholic High School, to Ben Franklin, which was a public magnet school. And uh, I, meet a, I meet what I would call a, a backslidden Christian girl. And I, and I helped her backslide even further. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we, we date for a, a year or so. And then one day she says, I went to a youth camp and, I, and I'm back and I've rededicated my life to Christ. And I'm like, well, what is going on here? So uh, as a Muslim, I, I had read the Bible too, because Muslims will actually read the Bible. And one book that really jumped out at me was Proverbs. I loved Proverbs. So I, I would begin to debate with her and some of her Christian friends. And she, she kind of broke off the relationship. We were still friends, but, uh, you know, at a distance for a little bit. And uh, so I would uh, kind of talk to kids in my high school. And I knew scripture, even though I wouldn't have considered myself a convert, born again, evangelical, whatever term people might use. So I would... Uh, kind of twist the scriptures. I'd go up to the different Christians in my school and I would say, Jesus says no one knows the day or the hour of uh, the, the, the end. Mm -hmm. uh, only the Father knows, not even the Son. How can Jesus be God if he, if he doesn't know <laughs> the end? And, I, and the Christians are like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. They didn't know too much. Uh, you know, now I can explain it eloquently, how he's fully God and fully human and all that. But those Christians couldn't. And so... Uh, Eventually, uh, I was still very close to this girlfriend of mine, who's now my wife. That's a whole. No that might be another uh, yeah. another oh, message. Wow. But uh, she goes to Stanford University. I go to UNO, and then she sends me a book, "More Than a Carpenter" by Josh McDowell, oh, good Christian yeah, right. apologetics book. He he even has one on Islam, which I read later in life. But that "More Than a Carpenter" book uh, it blew me away, because as a Muslim. I stopped uh, eating pepperoni pizza. I stopped eating pork. I stopped cursing. Uh, I, 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 I was the captain of my football team, baseball team. I felt like God was on my side. I was a real good athlete, and I was just 
kind of a moral religious type of person. But obviously I had some sin in my life and uh, the lust of the flesh was, was one of them. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it to heaven with this, with this sin here. <laughs> you know, are my good works going to outweigh my bad works? At least you're honest with yourself about, hey, there's something there, right? Definitely, definitely. So uh, when I read the More Than a Carpenter book, uh, there's two things that jumped out. First, he talked about the cross, which made a ton of sense. You, you can't earn your way to heaven. Yeah. Uh, Jesus has to pay the price. So that made a lot of sense. And then I think Josh McDowell was quickly restored to his father. They, they, they didn't have a good relationship for the longest time. But somehow by him coming to Christ and uh, him introducing him, his, his dad to Christ, uh, they all got converted and, and reunited with one another in a very quick amount of time. And, and I think that example just helped me to understand how salvation can happen now. It's not something you have to wait for in the next life. So um, I believe I, I got, uh, I became a believer. Well, uh, I prayed. It was around Christmas of 1992, um, I, my uh, first or second semester at UNO, and uh, became a believer. And uh, as radical and uh, moral intensity, uh, about religion and things like that as I was prior to kind of knowing Jesus, I became like that as a believer and I uh, just really got excited for the Lord. And uh, I ended up going to San Jose State University, which was near Stanford, <laughs> ch chasing the high school sweetheart. Nice. And we got involved in Rejoice in Jesus Campus Ministry and Campus Crusade for Christ and different college ministries. And there's a ton of parachurches and churches I could, I could mention after that. But, uh, I don't want to talk too fast or... or no, no, this is good. This is good. Yeah, so you got uh, Jesus, the cross, sort of mm -hmm. some kind of payment is necessary. Mm -hmm. And then this idea of essentially reconciliation and and sort of a present reality to the, the saving power of the gospel, mm -hmm. I think are two things that uh, both... Both of them people are struggling with, and they may not even realize they're struggling with it, right? So when I think of the payment of the cross, people go, well, no, that's not that's not something that I'm thinking about. I'm not worried about my sins. I'm not – well, maybe not. Maybe they're not thinking about the fact that I've done bad things that need to be made up for, but we're all trying to earn our way, especially Americans. I mean, oh yeah, this is like – the the heartland of that we're independent it's mm -hmm. all us pull ourselves up by our bootstraps we don't want anybody's help we don't mm -hmm. want anything from anyone uh, and we're doing that and seeing that in so many ways where we're trying to fit in you know when you're a kid you're trying to fit in at school with a peer group mm -hmm. right especially teenage years adolescence right constantly trying to fit in we're trying to fit in with people where we work mm -hmm. people in our church people in our community uh we're trying to fit in with Political parties, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, trying People to fit looking in. for a community. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, we have mm -hmm. this need. We and and do we measure up? Are we good enough? Uh, there's actually a lot of stuff. I wish I'd have thought about this or knew we were going to talk about this, and I could have. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a story. I think it was Madonna. She she did some interview for like Vanity Fair or 
or Vogue magazine or something like that. And when you listen to her talk, she's like, oh, yeah, look at all these. The, the interviewer is kind of telling her about all these accomplishments that she's had. Right. She's mm-hmm. a superstar. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah. And every time I achieve something, you know, it lasts for a little while. But then I have to go and do something else to prove that I'm somebody. Right. Need, need another high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and whether that's celebrity, fame, fortune, uh, you know, acceptance at work in a family or political party or community of, of any kind, we have that need. And, and then Jesus basically comes and says, hey, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to pay everything. I'm going to make you acceptable to the Father. I'm going to give you this community that you get to be a part of. You don't have to work for it anymore. We just love you. You're just in. Just receive it and, and come get it. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a whole new mindset. I was I was around my stepdad. He was a, a UNO professor. Uh, he he was a Sunni Muslim. Sunni Muslim. He wasn't super devout, but he was pretty devout. M- most Muslim men especially are, are pretty devout. It, yeah. It's a very male religion. And uh, they're very into, and I, and I still am today, they're, they're very into spiritual disciplines. I mean, I learned how to fast and pray and read scripture and do different things like that. And uh, when, when I did become a believer and started going to church again, I had those seeds kind of planted in me when I was younger with the mm-hmm. ca- Catholic church. But uh, when I was really making my own commitment and in, in coming to God, and I went to church, I noticed... Uh, most people, especially my age, knew little scripture, had very little spiritual discipline. And I understood the grace part. That, w- that was great. But I'm like, but we're not going to heaven today. I mean, we should be doing something, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> along the way. Uh, and, and that's when I got more into an understanding of uh, working out your salvation with fear and trembling, fear and, trembling and yeah. sanctification, which is beyond justification and maybe some terms you you may also use so uh yeah it, it, the, i think there ne- definitely needs to, ba- to be a balance uh the, the catholicism and the islam i learned a lot about good works mm-hmm. james faith without works is dead mm-hmm. uh can i can i tease you you're, you're, you're a lutheran right uh, james doesn't like the book of Je- uh, it's an uh, epistle Lu- of straw Lu- yeah luther yeah. doesn't like james yeah. too much yeah. so I, I got more of that kind of teaching when i was younger and then later on the revelation of saved by grace through faith, not by works, uh, was incorporated into that mindset. And today I, I really feel like, feel like I have a good balance of both. Because even in Ephesians, if we're saved by grace through faith, not by works, the next verse says we are his workmanship. Prepared, that God has prepared you know in advance for us to do, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. No, I, uh, <clears throat> I've i started to think about that very differently. I probably don't mm-hmm. sound very Lutheran anymore when I talk mm-hmm. about it, but... Yeah. Uh, I think when we really get grace, we we want to do good works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we don't really want to, then we don't really get grace. Mm-hmm. We don't realize just how awful we actually are. <laughs> and we're, we're really being religious. Mm-hmm. We're really being Pharisees trying to get God on our side. Right. And, okay, I got God on my side. I went to church. I did this. I did that. Mm-hmm. And I think so much of what people see of Christianity is that. Mm-hmm. People don't necessarily know that that's the uh, impression they're giving people, but that's exactly what people see, and that's why (laughs) people want nothing to do with it because they just see it as a a charade, you know. It seems like people go to extremes. They're either trying to hustle for salvation, and they're going to every church service and prayer meeting and giving away their money and, you know, going Mm -hmm. through the whole list, 
or they just throw in the towel and say, well, I don't know if it works. I'm, I'm not going to go to church anymore. I'm, I'm, yeah. uh, people just seem to gravitate to extremes. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's a misunderstanding. What, two definitions I like of grace. One, a lot of people know, unmerited favor, something like mm-hmm. that. But, but a second definition I really like is divine enablement. Grace enables you to do what you couldn't do before you were yeah. converted. So, so what we would have been taught at seminary <coughs> was sort of what you said, the unmerited favor, the favor dei, the Latin, right? The fancy mm-hmm. Latin stuff. But then the uh, infused grace, gratia infusa. Would, and usually when they would teach us that, they would say, well, that's the Catholic understanding of it. Mm-hmm. That's not our understanding of it. But I, and I, I think uh, the way I've explained it before is like it's Jesus juice mm-hmm. sort of right in it. <laughs> And Jesus Horse mojo, power. right? He he helps you do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. They probably have taken that in a lot of circles too far. So like, hey, you still need to do it, right? So it's still this emphasis that in the end, you really have to be good or else. You know, so they lose that grace idea. Right. But I think we can say grace alone saves you. And it's the favor of God. But it's also this Jesus juice. It's this strength to make it through difficult times it's his mm-hmm. strength to actually be the people that god wants us to be uh to to become you know formed more into the image of christ i think that's mm-hmm. grace too mm-hmm. right you know paul was at second corinthians 12 with his uh, thorn in the flesh seven through nine or something like that seven through ten mm-hmm. you know i asked three times that the lord would remove this from me and he says my grace is sufficient right finally he mm-hmm. gets this point right and i think part of that might be oh just the favor of god and knowing the favor of god that's enough mm-hmm. but also maybe his actual grace strengthening him mm-hmm. to endure mm-hmm. it to bear his cross mm-hmm. right so i i think well, what, w- one thing that helped me because obviously i'm coming out of a lot of legalism with, mm-hmm. with islam islam is a extremely legalistic religion it's it's like the old testament on steroids <laughs> i mean it's just a lot of legalism and they take pride in it yeah. i mean they 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 love it we're tougher than anybody <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh you americans you christians you can't do nothing yeah um but some verses that really brought revelation to me was paul when he says the things i want to do i'm not doing and the things i'm doing uh, i shouldn't be doing yeah Romans seven yeah and uh i'm like well, my God, if the great apostle Paul writing two-thirds <laughs> of the New Testament's got problems, then I can relax a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that's also kind of uh, in the context of, uh, you know, I'm a minister today, so people come for help and counseling and things like that, and they got various vices they're dealing with. And uh, <clears throat> sometimes my suggestion is read the Bible more, pray more, fast a little bit, but but sometimes my suggestion is stop doing that mm-hmm. because you're trying to overcome the vice, the sin, in your own strength, even if you do it. Because mm-hmm. I, I did it when I didn't follow Jesus. I overcame certain vices, but I got the glory. Yeah. God doesn't get the glory if, if you do it in your own strength. Yeah. So uh, the Bible's neat when you really understand it. It is. <laughs> it is. Uh, we're going through Galatians right now. And... Um, 
Galatians 3, I forget what verse, maybe 9, 10, something like that. And he talks about how um, cursed is anyone who doesn't keep everything written in the book Mm -hmm. of the law. Mm -hmm. Right. So this idea that it's either you got to either do it all or you get nothing. Right. That was great. Mm -hmm. But then he says, Mm -hmm. cursed are those who rely on the law. At Mm -hmm. least that's the translation I'm working with ESV. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's sort of what's at the heart of that that you're talking about. So Mm -hmm. so people that are trying to be good, Mm -hmm. they look good, they smell good. They're doing everything right, so to speak, at least from everything we can tell. Mm-hmm. But they're relying on the law for their salvation. They're not doing it because they recognize the incredible grace of God in Jesus. They're doing it because they don't understand the grace of God in Jesus. Right. And and ultimately, I mean, that just destroys people. They're they're because you get to a point where you realize mm-hmm. you can't do it all. There's there's a whole group of people out there with blogs and and stuff that are, you know, essentially like very conservative Christian evangelicals raised that way mm-hmm. and they get to this point and they go, I can't do this. This is insane. And they just <laughs> say the whole thing is is a joke. Right, right. Right. They just give up the whole thing. They throw it all out like you said the extremes, but mm-hmm. but I it's relying on the law. Yeah, you should be good, mm-hmm. but that's not what saves you. Mm-hmm. And when you realize what saves you, who saves you, mm-hmm. and how much it really cost him, how bad you really were, how helpless you are, right? Then you go, oh, I should probably want to. Now there was something you said that reminded me of something that happened. I come to Christ. The cross totally makes sense, but His divinity does not. Okay. Because in Islam, He's a great teacher, prophet, man. Just about He's He's born of a virgin. He's the Word of God. He's all kind of things in Islam. He's coming back, but He's not God. Yeah. How can God die? That's but I, but I, but I, right. Um. But I really believe I came to Christ, even though I didn't understand his yeah. di- divinity. I'm like, Jesus, I understand what you did on that cross, but I cannot grasp how you are God. <laughs> That's how I'm talking to him. So uh, he, he steers me to, to different people who, who help me uh, not so much even learn the scriptures because I had been reading them, but I had to unlearn them so I could learn them afresh the, the right way. So I have different yeah. people talking to me, and one uh, guy's talking to me, and he, and, he, and he does this passage, Philippians maybe, where Paul says he's a Pharisee of Pharisees. Yeah, Philippians 3, yeah. And under the law, perfect. That means he didn't mess up. But it doesn't mean he knew God. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that passage really yeah. uh, jumped out at me. That was really powerful, and uh, that, that, added to, uh, that, that adds to the story for sure. Yeah, wow. So much in there. The uh, <coughs> you're talking it made me think of the road to Emmaus, mm-hmm. you know, where he opens the scriptures to them, beginning with Moses. Mm-hmm. He opens to them the scriptures here. These guys are probably knew the scriptures, and mm-hmm. he's got to teach them again, right? So you can read the Bible one way, mm-hmm. and you think you got it, mm-hmm. but if you don't yeah. understand the heart of who is at the Bible, mm-hmm. Jesus, right? That's John five. 39, I think, he says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have life, Mm -hmm. but it is they that speak of me, right? Um, And Galatians, you said you're a preacher from Galatians. Uh, There's some verse along the lines of, I got to pray for Christ to be formed in you again because you're trying to go back under the law with the... uh, Judaizers. Yeah, we're we're so. coming up to that. We haven't gotten to it yet, but mm-hmm. it's it's coming up. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he's talking about 
they're worshiping idols. They've given themselves back over to idols, and they haven't, right? They have. They're not bowing down to a stone thing, right. but but this idea that they think that they can get the spirit, that they can get uh, more holiness, that they can be formed more into the people that would please God, that that they can do that in their own flesh. Mm-hmm. Man, they've got a lot to learn. Right? <laughs> that's kind of what he's saying. Definitely. But that that's yeah. There are people that look great, and they don't know Jesus. Uh, that passage from Paul, right? The Pharisee of Pharisees, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, from the best of the tribes, tribe of ben- Benjamin. And he goes through this long list. He's got a resume, and he says, I count it all rubbish, garbage, mm-hmm. scubala, which Done. is another word for, <laughs> yes, excrement. Yeah, uh, I did a sermon on that once called Scubala Happens. That's and, uh, funny. and then when I tried to explain to them what Scubala meant, uh, yeah. I almost came close to <laughs> crossing New a Yorker. line there. New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> Always pushing the limits, man, New Yorkers. Right. Uh, yeah, so. <clears throat> now, one thing I, I, I do like about the law, because it's our tutor, mm-hmm. b- before we really understand Christ, y- you're not going to win Muslims, and I think a lot of people, uh, people who think they're Christians or just people from other religions, if you don't have a good grasp of the law. When I'm witnessing the Muslims and different people, I don't tell them I'm a lawless person. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I get a ticket, if a cop pulls me over and for speeding, I, I don't smile at the cop and say, I- I'm under grace, you can't give me a ticket. <laughs> so I, I yeah. try to explain to them uh, Christianity is not a, a, a lawless religion, but I'm under a new law. Yeah. The law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Yeah. And that, that kind of opens the door with them. Yeah, and the fruit of the Spirit, <laughs> right, love, joy, peace, mm-hmm. ba- all those things mm-hmm. are far more important than the the minute details sometimes that we're obsessing over mm-hmm. to be right, right? Uh, right? When we're not doing those things, when we're not relying on those things, then we can actually love people, mm-hmm. <laughs> have true joy, mm-hmm. be patient, you know, self-control, gentleness, faithfulness, all those things. Right. Um, can't do that if you're still trying to find your place, trying to earn your spot, mm-hmm. to get God on your side. Uh, that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you'd also talked about salvation coming kind of into the present. And I think, you know, and a lot of people kind of in my circles, Lutheran circles, resist this mm-hmm. because they look at some TV preachers. Not all. Of, mm-hmm. If you're on TV, it doesn't make you a bad preacher. Mm-hmm. It just means you got to be careful because there are an awful lot of them on TV that oh, yeah. might be bad preachers. <laughs> bad reputation, at least. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there tends to be an emphasis on... You know, Jesus is going to solve all your problems. Jesus is going to make you a millionaire. Jesus, you know, if you help me get my new private jet, (laughs) you know, I am sure that God is going to do whatever it is that you're looking for. Uh, Mm -hmm. I want somebody to plant a seed. Give me your $1,000 and, and, uh, you know, you're going to get $10,000, right? Oh, yeah. Heard it plenty. Yeah. All (laughs) this stuff, right? So they're like, wait a second. Wait a second. What the heck is this guy talking about? Who did Pastor Emil let onto his podcast? <laughs> but I actually think we, we're we missing out, and people are craving it. Mm-hmm. 
uh, we're reading through Jonah at home right now. Mm-hmm. And there's a spot there in that first chapter where the, he, he's, he's on the boat, right? He's running away. God has asked him to go and preach to the city, Nineveh. And he's on the boat, and the storm comes, and they're all like, the rest of the people on the boat are freaking out. And then they're like, hey, you know, what are you doing sleeping in the bottom of the boat, underneath, in the back, back mm-hmm. of the boat, right? Do something. Call upon your God. And, and it's actually lowercase in the translation I've got, kind of because these are pagan guys running the ship. Right. And they're just, hey, let's get all the gods. I mean, let's just take whatever we can get, right, mm-hmm. uh, to achieve some sense of peace in the world at that moment, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't care who it was, what God it was, what it would require of them. They're just like, mm-hmm. get to it. Mm-hmm. And I think people are looking th- – I think people would love Christians if they felt like we were putting our salvation to work, if we were putting our God to work mm-hmm. in the situations in life, <laughs> putting the things that our God teaches us into practice – Right. Uh, there's a. You're familiar with John Lennon. You got to know the song "Imagine," mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I talk about this all the time. <laughs> imagine all the people. Imagine there's no religion, right? No mm-hmm. heaven above us, right? Uh, no no hell below us. Above us only sky. Mm-hmm. And he's he's looking for this peace, right? Mm-hmm. He's looking for not a lack of religion, but the wars of religion, and that people of faith might actually do something here in the present right like why are we so focused on this eternal thing mm-hmm. that is of no earthly good right right <laughs> you know um yeah it's funny i was uh on wednesday nights i've been teaching my church members uh some financial biblical management stuff how to have a legacy uh and then on church Sunday, we sang a song, I don't want to leave a legacy. Only Jesus. I only want him to remember Jesus. It's a great song. Right. So why am I teaching y'all on Wednesday to leave a legacy? And on Sunday, we're singing, I don't want to leave a legacy. Yeah. Uh, kind of telling them all, all truths have to be balanced off of each other. Um, <clears throat> we don't want to be so spiritually minded. We're no earthly good. We don't want to be so caught up in the world. We never set our affections on high. But Jesus said... Let them see your good works so they'll glorify, glorify your father. father in heaven. Yeah. They're, they're very important for evangelism and just helping people, s- saving people in this life, um, not, not just from sin, but from uh, sickness, uh, death, injustice, you know, mm-hmm. all, all, all kind of things. Yeah, and all those things, <clears throat> at least, you know, the way I think about them theologically is it's all a result of sin. Mm-hmm. I mean, the wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. And all of these other things are signs of impending death. Mm-hmm. They're either about to cause it or they're signs that it's coming, you know, the, from everything from the aches and pains you get, the older you get, the harder it is to get out of bed in the morning kind <laughs> of thing, to the very serious things, cancer, COVID, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, anything that kind of damages our body, degrades our body, weakens our body, that's all sin. It's not like... Mm-hmm. I cheated on my taxes, and therefore God's getting me. That's not it. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, the way I talk about it a lot is sin is a cancer. <clears throat> it's kind of infected everything. Mm-hmm. And, yes, there is this actual sin idea, but there's also this just infection in the world 
and the only thing that cures it is Jesus, and he's given us his body, his blood on the cross, but also he's coming again, and that's the ultimate fix, the ultimate cure. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yeah, I mean, I think repentance is important. Jesus, John the Baptist, didn't start off with uh, your best life now uh, mm-hmm. sermons. They said repent, and the analogy you just gave about sin, I'll use it in the sense of God wants the heart, but but your heart has what? Has uh, arteries and veins coming in and out of it. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the sin can like affect those arteries and veins. It, it's not the, the root of the problem. It's not the heart, but it's these accessories that can, that can, uh, I think that's what the writer of Hebrews is, is trying to say. Uh, the, the evil heart of unbelief, the, the, the whole battle is your faith, uh, unbelief versus faith. And the, the, the scars or, or how well you're doing or not doing is sometimes revealed in, in, in the sins and the bondages and the things we're, we're going through. If we don't uh, crucify our flesh, deny ourselves, um, if, if we don't uh, have a life of sanctification, then our testimony of how we've been justified is, is definitely damaged and we can't see his will be done on earth as it is in, in heaven. Uh, kind of two, two truths, positional and experiential. Positionally, we're, we're saved in Christ and, and we know all that, but there's all these experiential scriptures we got that we have to walk out um so so the world can see so we can see how how, how good god is and wants to, to yeah to deliver us so. yeah it's gotta gotta start with us mm-hmm. and i think far too often we're trying to take our faith and use our god to change everybody else mm-hmm. uh, there's actually a song i just watched a video of one of our staff people, she she posted on Facebook and she's like, did you see it yet? I said, no. She made me watch it. I was like, this is awesome. It starts here. It's uh, mm-hmm. Casting Crowns, mm-hmm. I think. Fairly new song. And yeah, it all starts mm-hmm. here. It starts here. It's not it's not out there. It's not everybody else. It starts there. It starts here. It's like he, he, he doesn't want your a particular set of works. He wants your heart. Abraham was justified because he offered up um, Isaac. Rahab was justified because she did something totally different. Mm. It has nothing to do with a, a prescribed set of works. They were reflecting that they had a relationship with they the had Lord. A faith. Right. And faith, that word is actually trust, too. I mean, it's the same kind of word. They don't have multiple words mm-hmm. in those languages. They use the kind of the same word. For sure in Greek, right? Mm-hmm. Pistuo, right, I mm-hmm. think is mm-hmm. faith and faith. trust. And mm-hmm. it, it's not this like understanding in your mind is not a, a a grasping of theological concepts. It's trust in a person. And when you have trust in a person, uh, there's a sign language I learned at some point at seminary. There's a guy came in and did a chapel service. He was a sign language guy, he did a lot of deaf ministry, and he taught us trust was, this was the sign for it. Like you're pulling on a rope. Mm-hmm. And you know it's tied to something, right? Like, it's the only reason you pull on it. This isn't uh, Wiley Coyote pulling on a rope that's got mm-hmm. an anvil on the top that the Roadrunner put, right? And it's right. going to come crashing down. Mm-hmm. No, you know this is nice and secure, and you can pull on it and, and climb up. Uh, so 
so trust i think is uh, kind of the way i try to think about it like do you really trust jesus do you really trust mm-hmm. in jesus uh, for your righteousness are you trying to still justify yourself and you trust in jesus righteousness? if you do then mm-hmm. you don't need to be <coughs> nasty you don't need to cheat or, or lie or steal to look good uh, to to find acceptance in a, any kind of community, uh, and if if you trust Jesus, then He's going to take care of you, and you can give your money away, give your time away. You can help other people if you know if you trust Jesus for your righteousness. You know you're not righteous at all. You can hang out with anybody, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Because there's nobody that you're above, mm-hmm. and, and nobody that you're so far below that you can't talk to them like they're just another human being, right? Um, yeah. That's uh, you, you overcome by faith, not willpower. I, I think a lot of people are, are trying willpower, and, and some are, be- are better at it than others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but there's still no reward in it. Yeah. So. Man, <clears throat> there is, uh, there's so much that we could talk about in here. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm replaying our conversation in my head. I'm like, what? <laughs> there was like three or four things I wanted to jump all over here. Uh, but uh, any any last words, I guess, or final thoughts? Well, I, well, I had one question since I got a, a, a Lutheran minister friend now. Okay. I, I got lots of friends in different parts of the body of Christ. The, the only uh, Lutheran minister I really got to know was on jury duty. So, so <laughs> that's, that's right. I think you so told I, me a little I, bit I just really that. haven't been exposed to Lutheranism. Lutheranism yeah. that much, but I'd always heard that uh, Luther, when he translated the Bible in Romans, okay, where it says we're saved by grace through faith, that he added the word alone, but it's not in the Greek, because in James it says no man is justified by faith alone, but in Romans, his his first German translation or something along those lines. Have you ever heard this story? I have or? not heard this story. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, well, I don't know if it's true or not then. And are you talking about Romans or are you talking about uh, Ephesians? Oh, I'm sorry, Ephesians. Okay. We're saved by grace through faith. But but they they say in his translation he had the word alone. So it says we're, we're saved by, through faith alone. But in the Greek well, it, it would just say saved by grace through faith. And this is not our own doing. It is a gift of God that no one may boast. Right. J- just that one word, alone. You know, Luther, I mean, <laughs> he's a pretty fiery guy uh-huh. pretty intense guy from what i could tell <laughs> mm-hmm. i wouldn't surprise me if he did that i guess yeah. and he did have the uh you know the solas right right so right. faith alone grace alone scripture mm-hmm. alone christ alone yeah the theology i was always familiar with but that yeah insertion into his translation so that was this uh, did you ask the guy you did jury duty with uh, I, ca- I can't remember if I asked him that. Because <laughs> I, yeah. but it wouldn't surprise me that I hadn't heard it because why would they tell me something about Luther that uh, made him <laughs> look bad? I think he was wrestling with the epistle of straw. Yeah. That, that, that's the point. Yeah. Well, in James, I think, I think you can read James and still get grace. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's mm-hmm. yeah, mutually I mean, exclusive. It, it, it doesn't contradict. It's maybe two sides of the same coin, but it's not contradictory for sure i think it's what i what i said earlier that if you're (laughs) saved by grace through faith then good works flow from it Mm -hmm. i think luther has said like fruit from a healthy tree Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i do think 
what we consider good works and what God considers good works are two very different things. Definitely, definitely. I've it's done a, a lot of dead works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, bearing up under suffering, staying faithful in the midst of suffering, that's a huge mm-hmm. good work. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the, the little things, being a good husband, uh, being a good father, just being a good w- whatever vocation you have. You know, I'm a pastor. Right, so being trying to be a good pastor, you're a pastor, but you're also a father. See, a Muslim would never understand this concept. Uh, do I become a missionary for my religion, or do I just sweep the floor of my congregation? Mm-hmm. If God's telling you just sweep the floor, y- you're you're in right relationship with Him. If, mm-hmm. if you go try to start something in another country, as a- admirable as it might be, you're out of the will of God. He didn't He didn't tell you to do it. Yeah. But the Muslim can't understand that because that, that's a greater work. You yeah, know, you're spreading the faith. You're not just sweeping a little dust here in the corner. But to me, uh, I'm right with God by Jesus, and and all I got to do is is obedience is better than sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Faith is connected to obedience, not willpower, sacrifice. Yeah, so. yeah. Because if you're going outside <coughs> the will of God, you know you're trying to be something that you're not. Maybe you don't have the gifts for it. Mm-hmm. Th- this is actually a big. Lutheran revolutionary set of theology mm-hmm. because Luther said things like the guy consecrating the mass on Sunday morning is doing no more a holy work than the mother changing her child's diaper at home. Mm-hmm. Like, so he compared like right, right, right. the priest <laughs> going, I'm going <laughs> you know, up there on the altar with uh, the bread and the wine. Yeah. And he compared it to excrement. <laughs> which puts him in good company with Paul. We talked about that yeah, earlier, yeah. how he used that phrase in uh, mm-hmm. Philippians. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to be an occupational therapist before I was a minister, and I'm, I'm bouncing a neurodevelopmental ball with a patient, and, uh, and a minister comes in to serve the patient communion. And I told the minister, oh, what you're doing is more important. I'll stop bouncing the ball. And he told me something similar to what you said. Ah, uh-uh, son, bouncing that ball, if that's what God wants you to do, it's just as important as is what I'm about to do. So yeah, 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 yeah. So. But that it <coughs> revolutionized Germany and then the rest of Europe, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we still need to hear it every now and then. People think I don't know if you run into this. People think that hey, we're the holy guys, and eh, <laughs> I don't know. You might be doing a whole lot more good for this world than I am. <laughs> so, but hopefully, this does an awful lot of good. Uh, I think uh, we're off to a good start. I think we'll be. Mm-hmm. Uh, able to have lots of conversations about all kinds of things. Oh, yeah. And, sky's uh, the limit. Yeah. <laughs> but for now, God bless you. And uh, let's do this again sometime soon. And uh, next yeah. time we got to have ice cream. Sli- slide out ice creams right, right, right across, across the, street. the street. Right across <laughs> the street. Yep. That's right. So, all right, y'all. Have a great day and hope to catch up with you soon. We'll all see right. you.